Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Ishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, a podcast for everyday leaders. Heart inspiration, heart sat down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. What happened in the meeting after the meeting? We talk about it all on Let's Take This Offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Tanisha Nash Laird is a social change agent and community developer who centers cultural equity in her work. She is the president and CEO of Newark Symphony Hall, a historic performing arts center located within the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Newark, New Jersey. Since her appointment in November 2018, she has expanded programming to respond to community needs and announced plans to restore the 1925 Vintage Concert Hall in a $40 million renovation and leverage it for neighborhood revitalization in a process she calls Symphony Works. Tanisha previously served as an executive director of the Arts Council of Princeton, notably as the first person of color in that role. She has also served as director of economic development and acting director of housing production for the city of Trenton, New Jersey, regional director of the U.S. Women's Chamber of Commerce, and executive director of the Trenton Downtown Association, where she initiated Destination Trenton, an award-winning art and tourism program in New Jersey's capital city. Tanisha is an adjunct professor in Drexel University's Entertainment and Arts Management Bachelor of Science degree program. Widowed in 2013 and a pink lady warrior since an early stage breast cancer diagnosis in 2019, Tanisha is most proud of being a mom to aspiring ballerina and budding cellist Naima, age 10, and self-proclaimed future Dr. Imani, who in 2019, two months shy of her 13th birthday, played violin with her young orchestra in Sicily. All right, Fab Crew, we are back for another. Listen, y'all, I know I say fantastic, marvelous, amazing all the time. These are my words, but they're real. But this time I am so grateful to have in the studio today, my good friend, Tanisha. Listen, y'all, I get to call all of these fabulous, wonderful CEOs, okay, all of these thought leaders, great thinkers of our time, my friends. And so I could not be more pleased when I wanted to talk about today's topic. I said, who can I call on the telephone? And Tanisha, you were my person. And so welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. a superstar um, and uh, for real I mean anybody that listens to this um, follows you I'm sure and so they know what I'm saying is the truth so thank you thank you for having me on your show no absolutely and y'all by the time you hear this it's going to be we hope uh, it's going to be a little springtime weather it's going to be a little get cute 
even though Get Cute right now feels like a little bit of a lie because Get Cute with a bedazzled mask still does not feel like Get Cute to me. Does it feel Get Cute to you or are you making it do? What are you doing? Okay. Listen, um, yeah, my masks are cute, though. I mean, I got one to match all my outfits. Yes! So. Okay. I was, was going to ask you that. Like, are you the the matchy-matchy of the mask? Are you like, look, I mean, we're you in know, these COVID streets. If, if you have to do it, I mean, you want to look cute, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, I have I have a whole supply. I'm ordering some for my team, too. So, we just talked about that last week. <laughs> Oh my goodness. (laughs) But y'all, when you hear this episode, make sure you just go right to the comments and wish her a happy belated birthday because we are recording this on your actual birthday. And I am just so glad I get to spend even a moment with you on your next revolution around the sun. So I'm so glad that you are here in good health. Oh my goodness. And working. Okay. So can we talk about this? You do the darn thing. I have to say, every time I turn around, I'm like, boom, award, boom, uh, panel, boom, another grant came in the building, boom, another donor. So tell folks <laughs> a little bit about, we already heard your bio, so we know that you're the bomb.com, but when we break your bio down, like what, what do you really do day to day? Cause you might say dishwasher, door opener, <laughs> greeter, somebody mama too. Like you have so many roles, but what do you do in your role day to day? What's the essence of what you do? That's such a great question. Um, you know, I like to think that I am using culture to um, bring so much to a community, Um, Mm -hmm. community economic development, um, wellness. That's what I like to say that I do. But mostly I feel like a (laughs) firefighter all day. (laughs) You are, I'm writing this down. You are a cultural firefighter. Oh, oh, I love that. that You bet right now. I just wrote down that you are a cultural (laughs) firefighter. Put that in the bio. Okay. I think I might actually. Please. Yes. Please. Yes. Yes. And when you think about the fires that you have to put out, like where do you feel like the ember is constantly burning that you have to come back to? Oh my goodness, you are awesome. Um, these questions are making me think so much about the work because the work is really rich, right? Yeah. So The organization that I took over, um, and as you know, I left uh, another one that Mm -hmm. was from the from the outside, you know, it, it, you know, some people said I made it, you know, there were other people who said, why would you leave that Ivy League uh, town and institution and move to the organization? (laughs) I think we actually might have had conversations. We did. I was like, (laughs) help me understand. But, (laughs) But now you right the reward the upside is so good I mean you know having successes at an organization that is already at you know a high height um it's great right you know you you feel good but there's a different feeling when you are essentially breathing life into an organization and that's essentially um what this was about this was about going to a community a community of color to an institution that was founded in 1925. Yes. That, gosh, that had really become um, part of this community in Newark, uh, especially after the uprisings and white flight 
it really became important to the predominantly black and brown community. Right. And when I saw, right, and when I saw so much that was happening, you know, that we have an artist as a mayor, Mayor Raz Baraka. Uh, when I see the work that he's doing, um, which is amazing, and the people, there are things that are within his control, right? So, you know, attracting new businesses, but there are things that are essentially out of his control that come with the success story of a revitalized community, and that's gentrification, and that's displacement. And he's doing a whole lot to, to mitigate that. But what I wanted to make sure is that taking over, and I know people think, isn't it just a performing arts center? Yes, it's a performing arts center that is the anchor, though, to the Lincoln Park neighborhood, which is essentially sort of the last downtown neighborhood that hasn't been really gentrified. And that is really what drove me because I knew that if you do it in a particular way, you can make sure that the community comes along. I've been saying recently that I wanted to make sure that the revitalization of Newark Symphony Hall happened with the community and not to the community. Absolutely. Because that's an important difference. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what I do. I love that. And I feel like, you know, when I think about sort of like my arts beginning, like, First of all, I am a fantastic artist in my mind. I want everyone to know, okay, I'm, I'm an sure artist, but, but my instrument is my voice. And so even as a kid, I remember just early access to experiences beyond the church right. and to theater and to um, all types of expression. Um, and although other types of expression were in my particular ministry, in my mind, they were, though I promised you, Denisha, I was like, oh my God, I'm so gifted. I am not. Um, but it was, it felt like it was part of the sort of the center of my education. And I was so grateful to have teachers who believed so deeply in arts as the outgrowth of all the other things we had to learn as opposed to an add on. And so even though I grew up in public school, I grew up going to public school, I didn't feel like I was lacking in things. I might've been, but I did not feel that way. Because I had okay. folks who were just so committed to it as a part of the fabric of our community. And I wonder if that is not one of the things that kind of drives you every day, that there are not enough um, families and young people and folks who have that muscle memory and that lived experience of the cultural center being the one of the heartbeats of a vibe, a vibrant and a thriving community, you know? Oh, no, absolutely. I, absolutely. And you hit on it. I mean, it was, it's funny because today I realize that I'm one of those people that does what I love, both as my profession and even in my volunteer time. And it's because, you know, mm. I, you know, I'm also president of a nonprofit arts mm -hmm. board. And, um, and, and I think I know which person it was, one of the team over there posted, um, you know, happy birthday to our board president. And when I think about that, I, I, the fact that I'm able to do this, both in the the job for which I get, you know, paid, I get paid for, but also my volunteer time as president of Rush Philanthropic Arts Foundation that has been doing this work for 26 years, it really is what drives me. It drives me because of the same reasons that you just said. You know, I grew up impoverished in New York. I went to public school as well. But all of my arts experiences that my mom made sure that I was able to get mostly through community organizations, I got a few scholarships here and there to more, quote unquote, professional 
uh, uh, concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly I, I worked with community arts organizations, um, whether it was for the visual artwork that I did, the singing, the dancing, and it just made me feel good. It made me feel seen. Yes. And I definitely think that that is what the art does. And it's why I'm, I'm so passionate about it. And I feel like we tend to like, and I use the word we with like a very broad brush. We tend to like skip over the arts. Like the arts is like a nice thing to have, or it's for those folks over there, or it's for folks who have leisure time, or it's for, or it's for, it's for the, it's for those folks, but it's really for everyone. And the accessibility of it to me is so critical, but it's also what has you worn out and working all times of the day and night when you should be with those children or with yourself. Okay. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I'm curious as we have stepped into yet another season where in addition to um, our attention being pulled in every which direction, being able to focus on uh, arts institutions, particularly as buildings are closed or they're not open in the ways they have been in the past. Like where has your eye sort of like gazed to, you know, are you looking at, the leaders of other organizations whose missions may feel more palatable, like what the heck y'all got going over there? Have you had to rethink the way you lead, the way you are governing the work that y'all are doing? What has really made the ground shift, if anything, for you? Again, great question. So um, at the top of the, and and, and we've been pivoting left and right, right? Mm -hmm. As everybody else is, we're not alone. Last summer, um, I should say last spring, when this, pandemic uh came to us we were all you know i'll never forget i had just done a thank you leadership luncheon for my team because i had just celebrated a little bit more than a year and they had just worked they just worked there mm-hmm. their, their, their butts mm-hmm. off right mm-hmm. um we uh as i had said earlier you know this was a, really an organization and turnaround and in a very short period of time we had turned around what was probably going to be, again, another uh, in a series of years of deficits, we have turned around and had a really positive uh, on the book, in the Black, but also the type of people that we had worked with. So it was, it was a really successful year. Right after that, though, the pandemic hit and we went on remote work. And shortly after that, two staff members lost six family members between them to the pandemic. And this was just in the early days. We were also trying to uh, figure out what we're going to do because most of our employees are actually part-time employees. And and I like to think that it was important supplemental income in a community that already is a high trauma community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, there is, uh, again, unfortunately, nearly one out of every three people live below the poverty line. And so we were just facilitating food, believe it or not, food. um, And we also found out, thanks to one of my staff members, I found out that we had all of this, like a room-sized storage of personal protective equipment when everybody else was out. So we were able to, yeah, it was, I mean, the hospital didn't have any, right? Um, And so we were able to provide 9,095 masks, including uh, in addition to, you know, hospital gowns and all these other things, what we found out is that after 9-11-2001, we were deemed an emergency triage location. So somewhere between 2001 and 2004, 
they had stored all this stuff. That's crazy. I know. They were like, if the apocalypse comes or something else comes again, we are prepared. We are prepared. Right. So because we're huge. So just to to give um, your audience an understanding, uh, Newark Symphony Hall is 220,000 square feet. Our concert hall is 3,000 feet, a, a little bit under that. Um, uh, it was built for 3000 but, you know, as time gone on, we've gotten a little bigger. So we all forgot the seats a little bigger. We mm-hmm. changed our seats. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the ballroom, though, is 1500 capacity. Um, and so it was all of these different locations within this huge building were, you know, set up to be these emergency triage locations. So anyway, I then, though, called on the artist to say, how can we make what we're doing an actual initiative of Newark Symphony Hall? So we created something called Embrace Newark, which we called an artist-activated wellness initiative. So it was giving out the personal protective equipment. It was giving out the food. Mm -hmm. It was doing the uh, remote programming. Unfortunately, we had to move our Children's Performing Arts Academy, which is essentially our summer camp, uh, to online. But every morning, every morning, you could come down to Symphony Hall and do a, pick up a grab-and-go shopping bag of breakfast and lunch, uh, enough for your family. Oh, my gosh. And so, right. And so those are the types of things that we did. And then eventually, unfortunately, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor happened. And so when I was talking to the arts community, I said, again, like, you know, what can we do? And so we created... Uh, Jasmine Nance, who is a superstar poet, she came on as our creative director and she got nine other artists and they responded to the dual pandemics of COVID-19 uh, and systemic racism with this archive called Symphony of Survival that was video, photography from the protest, video from the protest, poetry, um, and we ended up not only having it online, but literally putting it in the windows of our building. Right. So you would see covered. So you couldn't even see any glass. We covered the entire glass. And we're a typical commercial building. So that means, you know, 14 foot high stuff. And it just was so striking to see Black Lives Matter on this 1925 building that when it was built, Black people couldn't walk in, right? It was not not for us. So essentially what I'm saying is that we were, and I think other organizations too, were looking at ways that we could use the arts to, again, provide a source of comfort and wellness to the community when it seemed like everything else around them was just falling apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. That just feels like literally the bad signal. That just went out. <laughs> and For it's real. so important. And, you know, to me, that just feels like a flower opening up when you describe, you know, your initial charge coming in to take the leadership reins for what this institution needed to be. And I would even say could be because I'm like, no, no, you're like, this is pressing. This needs to be. And so for all of the amazing work that you're doing, I think that I'm curious about how that has lifted you and also how has that really taken a toll on how you take care of yourself, who you compare yourself to, 
what you wish you could be doing. Did you play the lotto? You know, like I have all all of the questions, but just, but seriously, like what are some of the things that, you know, now keep you up at night because you have a pressing mission and need that you seem just continue not to even be reactive, but responsive to community needs. And yet you are a human and you have needs. I don't even really know how to answer that. (laughs) Where, Where did your mind go first? Oh, hell. (laughs) No. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, you know, self-care is still a work in progress. Come on, talk me. about it. Um, it really is. And, and it, it, I think anybody that's listening, um, you know, we're all type A people, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I got to sit with that one. Yeah, Man, we can just sit with that. I know who, whoever is listening is right now, if you're... If you're like, you know what, Kashana, you know, Tanisha, we need to get up and go for a walk. You do pace in your living room right now, you know, pull the car over and just have a moment with yourself. We are, and it is a work in progress. And there's a whole industry built around us making us feel bad for feeling bad, you know. It's true. It's true. Um, You know, it's interesting because I was remembering some of the things that I did for the team that, um, I'm reminding myself that I got to continue to do. So one of the other things that we did is we actually literally called in a therapist. Ooh, talk about that. Yes. There was so much trauma going on. Again, death, you know, death Mm -hmm. amongst the staff members' families, death um, of staff members themselves. Unfortunately, we even had one uh, a couple weeks ago. And so we had a local therapist come in and do a group session And then more recently, with that trauma, I encouraged the staff to take advantage of our health insurance. And I said, our health insurance right now is providing, um, uh, I guess, telemedicine in terms of mental health with no co-pays. And I've done a few sessions, you know, is what I told them. And I said, Mm -hmm. you don't have to tell me. This is your privacy. But I really encourage you to, to take advantage of that. I hope that this is never repeated in, in, in any of our lifetimes. I keep telling my children that this is not normal and it is okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, but I have to continue to kind of tell myself that and I kind of con- need to continue to practice what I preach a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because so I, just, this is a confessional. No, <laughs> it's, it's so good. But first of all, just, just shout out to you. And I hope that, if you are uh, an executive director, you are a CEO, you are a VP, a team leader, you are a people manager responsible for other humans, other than humans who are in your house and yourself, that being able to tell your team members, and I don't have it perfect, but let me tell you about these resources we are about to action on today, um, is so critical because it doesn't mean that work doesn't happen because I think that there has been this sort of like, scale like an either or either you it's okay to do nothing or do the most and not like actually some of the goals that we need to hit still have to get hit otherwise we're not going to be able to have the ability to access these resources but also we might have to think about how we get to them differently and accessing those resources can give you the breathing room you need to do just that 
And so there's a win-win in there that does not take away from team members being able to acknowledge and lean into the fact that they are human experiencing ongoing trauma daily. Um, And for some folks, multiple levels and different types and different shades and different decibel levels of it. And for others, maybe less, but also that as managers, there's stuff that we just have to be able to do when we show up for our people. And you're just modeling that even as you're like, I got to sit with this. Cause that just means that we're still figuring it out, you know? Um, and we don't have to be perfect. And I think that, you know, one of the things that I've seen and, and you tell me this, cause I know that you, um, you know, have a really tight circle of women that you run with who are other CEOs as well. And, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot is that this need to one, be, be perfect. And then the other thing is that in times of crisis, folks typically look at black women, like what, what y'all about to do? And even if they weren't looking at us, we over there working anyway, like, Hey, and we were built yeah. for more than work. So what have you been hearing and seeing? What are the sentiments of the the women that you come into contact with around like what folks think they should be doing versus what we need to be doing? You are a hundred percent right. I mean, I think all of us, um, uh, well, I don't want to speak for you. Um, uh, Add me in. Add stuff. me in. <laughs> yeah, talk about this specifically, but this is this this is not a good thing, right? It's not a good habit that we feel we need to save everything. You know, mm-hmm. black women we come, come in and we're just saving stuff. And thankfully, I have you. I have other friends. We keep each other accountable. You know, I had a friend who messaged me today who said, "What are you going to do for yourself today?" Right. Mm-hmm. And then you said the same thing right before we before we started recording. She's like, you know, you were saying, girl, go get that bottle of wine. You know, go get that cake. <laughs> um, I got to. And that's part of the accountability uh, that I need to also figure out how to do for myself. But, yeah, we're all struggling. We're in this struggle right now of self-care. Um, we're sending each other messages and sending each other little gifts, sending each other candles. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it's. I keep having to remind myself and others, this is not, this is not an everyday thing, you know? Um, and it's on top of the already type eightness that we had. Yeah. <laughs> you, yep. you add the pandemic on top of that. And it's, it's a lot. And I'm going to tell you that when that staff member who passed away recently passed away, I was not good for the day and I actually canceled things. And I said, um, you know, this, it's, it's okay to feel right. Um, And I had to tell myself that because I think I did tend to, and that was good modeling, I think, because Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. I did, one of my colleagues said, yeah, I want to take the day off. I said, take the day off. I said, take it off. We're all working from home anyway. Right. Take the deal. One of the things that I found during the pandemic is that people were actually working more, more. hours. Yes. And, and so I had to actually, so before the pandemic, it was usual, and it's not good, but it was usual for me to send emails, you know, all hours. I intentionally stopped doing that when I saw the staff was doing that too. I was like, what are you doing that for? Why are you working all these times? It keeps my mind off. I'm like, read a book, go right. walk, do something. Don't dive into the work. 
Well, yeah. work is my happy place. And so that That's you you would have gave me that too. advice and I'd have been like, uh-huh, sounds good. And I'd have <laughs> slid off with my laptop under my arm, like, mm-hmm. And, and something, something sparkly and I'm gone. Work is my happy place too. But we got to stop that. Like, oh my I gosh. Had, I have an accountability coach, a sister. She was an accountability coach. And from that, we decided that I was going to move where I was working in the house. That I had to move to a different part of the house because I had my, you know, I have two daughters. Yep. My daughters and I were at the dining table all together. And I was really doing that to keep them company, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. but it was becoming a bad habit that we were like in our living space doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, my daughters have no problem shutting down school. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they are the funniest. My daughter be like, boop, boop. I already know what time boop, it is. Boop. When I see her slide past my office, she'll peek in and I see her hand, Ma, you on the phone? And I'm like, no. She, and then her hand will just slide in and she'll pass me a glass of water <laughs> with some exactly. ice. Exactly. And she's but gone. To, School's over. And, and, they're, and they're gone. I had to stop working at the dining table. I had to actually go work, move to a different part of the house so that when I'm done for the day, yes, closing my laptop, yes. closing the door. Yes. The closing the door and, thing was huge. That's the, that thing. And, I, that, and didn't that, if, if somebody would have told you a year ago, to get up and close the door, you'd have been as advice. You'd have been like, "Where is my money? Let me get this refund. What is happening right now?" But like, literally, <laughs> that is literally transformed. Get up and close the door. Walk away. Someone needs to do Walk that away. right now. Walk away. Walk <laughs> away. And you know what? I started sleeping better. Woo. And I didn't think it was it was. But this is a, I'm the person who would fall asleep with the laptop on my lap in the bed. Like, oh my gosh, I have so, photos. Sheesh. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. One of my friends yeah. took photos of me with the laptop on my lap. Glasses <laughs> to the I'm side, saying? nodded off. Okay. She was we like, this stop. is ridiculous. Exactly. We got to stop. So maybe the only thing that comes, good thing that comes out of this is that we develop better habits, Miss Kashana. I mean, like, we got to develop <laughs> better habits. We have to because we too cute to be looking. Oh, because you know, that's going to send us right to our early grave, but we can't go. I'm not ready. These kids, they got got too many things to do. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back in a few. Did you know... Women of color in the social sector are most likely to have an advanced degree, but least likely to hold a leadership role within an institution or organization. Instead, they are most likely to hold a line staff role with significant unseen barriers to promotion and advancement. A point in reality is that most black indigenous and people of color in the social sector often work under a cloak of invisibility which can make working relationships and progression a real challenge. This is one of the reasons why the Rooted Collaborative exists, to amplify and empower our female voices while providing community, culture, and coaching that honors a healthy career experience. The Rooted Collaborative is a global community focused on the holistic evolution and advancement of female leaders of color in the social impact sector. Our goal is simple. We will help you cultivate your unique 
personal, professional, and wellness goals that will help you design and live a purpose-driven life. With a growing online community that spans over 16 countries, including the US, Canada, the UK, and South Africa, we've learned a thing or two about building relationships that extend beyond borders. It's kinda our superpower. Don't believe us? Cool. Pull up a seat and get ready to be empowered, encouraged, and equipped for the life and the career that you deserve. Join the Rooted Collaborative today by visiting therootedcollaborative.com and click on membership so that you can join us. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to Let's Take This Offline. But the thing, Tanisha, okay, so the thing that, like, you say this, and I'm like, okay, you're right. But here's here's one of the things that was driving me. <laughs> and I have to keep talking myself off the ledge all the time. I just want you to know, it's a work in progress. I'm not there yet. But I would see all these phenomenal women who were, like, kicking butt, Taking names, the you know, shiny award here, new shiny job here, new deal brokered here, new bro- best year ever. And I'm looking around like, I am clearly not working hard enough. What is happening? And so the comparison gene for me, and I am, if you were to say like, can you describe Kashana for me? I don't think there'd be very few people that would describe me, you know, lazy, the laissez faire takes it as a comp. I was just saying, you're the person that I look to the way that you just said, you were looking at other people. See, that's 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 the, that's the problem. Oh, that's right? the comparison. Exactly. Because I'm like, oh, just be, oh my gosh, she's just killing it out there. And I'm like, I am not. I am not. I have not won the lotto yet. If I win lotto tomorrow, y'all, I'm letting you know I'll quit this whole show. I quit everything. <laughs> I'm going to be on a beach for at least a year just thinking thoughts. Okay. So now his education will be cared for. We're done. It should be fine. But I just want you to know. But other than that, but no, seriously. Like I look at you, I look up, I'm like, what, what am I doing wrong in my life? And so then I want to close my laptop, but then I'm like, no, no, one more email, just one more post, one more task off my list. Cause the comparison is killing me. And I don't know if it's killing other people too, but I suspect it might be because we're all paddling so hard underwater. What'd you think? Oh, that is for sure. That is absolutely for sure. Because like I said, you're one of the people that I look at the way that you're saying you look at other people. I'm like, she's just out there. Kill- she, I need to like, I need to level up. <laughs> I clearly am just not doing it. I need to level up. But that comparison thing, we got to let that go too. I mean, it, I wonder, I wonder where it really stems from now. Right. Like, cause I, is there anyone at your back whispering for you to go harder? I don't think so. So it's funny. I was actually speaking to a friend of mine um, and he's older mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and he's also not black. And I think that also makes a difference. Mm-hmm. But what he said to me was like cold water in my face. No, and he, said, he said, Tanisha, you crave accomplishment. But I, I, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> so that's why I said it was cold water have in my face. any right to say, don't you throw that water in my face. Oh, but you know how, it be, 
And but I'm glad he did it at the time he did it because, as you know, I went through a mastermind, mm-hmm. and and that mastermind, we had to put in what were our 30 day goals, our 60 day goals, our 90 day goals, and 180 day goals. And within the first 30 days, I actually accomplished my 60 day goals. Right. Whoa. And it wasn't because my goals weren't ambitious enough, because that was one of the things that the mastermind's like, look, make sure these, these are real reach goals. So the old me would have been like, oh my goodness, I got these things in 30 days. I need to, and I was like, well, why can't I? No, 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 no. He's right. I need to chill. And my coach was like, yeah, no. Why do you feel you need to stuff more things <laughs> in the box? I would have totally been trying received- to stuff more things. I'd have been like, clearly these goals were not ambitious enough that, for me. Right. That's what I had to stop myself because uh, the process was designed to make them ambitious goals too. But yeah. for the acknowledgement of that too, see, that's why that process was important because yes. if, it, if we hadn't gone through that process to make sure that these were ambitious, I would have been like what you said. But I had to face the reality that what was being said to me about craving accomplishment was true. And I could take that time that I would have spent adding new goals in there for self-care. Wow. And getting yourself ready for the next lap of goals that you were about to step forward into. So you could do that. Well, that's crazy. Craving accomplishment and that craving accomplishment I think that as you're talking, I'm sitting here, my eyes are closed because I'm like, I'm just going to listen. I'm not responding. And what keeps creeping, seriously, because you know, that's, that's, uh, we were like, let me get in. That's, I was like, this is double Dutch conversation. Okay. This is the best. Um, but what was creeping up for me is that desire for accomplishment fuels the deficit feeling around comparison. And so the feeling around comparison, um, the comparison aspect then drives us harder to accomplish so we can be compa- so, so we can we can meet the comparison you know it's and it's wild because it doesn't because at what point do you go are these goals for me or for the other people looking at me achieve these goals who are the goals for really that that's right so so I'm gonna before I forget because we we, we you know, I, I just don't want to forget <laughs> I have another friend who is doing, and I don't even know if she realizes that I've been getting these good lessons from her. Because she's also type A. (laughs) But when I say she's had an incredible year, like the most amazing year, and she's a creative, she's an artist, she's a writer. And what she's done, though, is she's got a bunch of awards, bunch of awards. But for each one, she's like, okay, we're going to (laughs) celebrate. You know? And so she's taking time to celebrate. You know, I never really do that. Yeah. I realize. Whoa. I hope you do. I do I not. Do. I do not. Yeah. I do not. I celebrate yeah. no things. It's so bad that in our first week of the podcast, we did ridiculously well. I think we ended up in like 135 country uh, cities and um, something ridiculous. Uh, I forgot what our stats are, for, but it was it was wild and, you know, close to a thousand downloads our first week, which, you know, I, little, little old me. Um, and so I was super excited and also like, but about this 2,900, we need to hit in our first 30 days. Can we come on? Are we on the road? Are we on the way? And my whole team was like, um, 
because I have two uh, full-time team members, a part-time staff. I have contractors who we work with on different projects. So everybody's in the Slack, you know, going whoop, whoop, like really excited about the work we're doing. And I'm the only one like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So can you please update the numbers on that so it can reflect that this was our first week and not the whole launch? And, my, and one of my team members was like, ma'am, if you don't go sit down somewhere immediately. And it's like, all right, I will exit the chat. <laughs> and I had to exit the chat. <laughs> yeah. to, they told me I had to exit. I had to get out. They were like, you are not allowed in here because you are negative Nelly. Bye. And I had to go sit in the corner because I was like, I'm not even celebrating that we actually did a thing and that all things take time to grow and that things get better as you grow, as we will too. And yet I was like, but it wasn't the blah, 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 you know? So no, to answer your question, I don't. And But however, whosoever and howsoever, um, I am learning that now. And thankfully, the folks who are around me most actively, I have said loudly and softly, I put it in writing, it's tattooed, that they can tell me to exit the chat at any time that I start to bring my foolishness around, which is a good like push for me to start to celebrate. Or they can just just plan the celebration for God's sake. <laughs> I was just going to say, no, you just embrace the celebration. Yes. Don't that. Embrace the celebration. <laughs> you see how I was going to really leave? Let me go be miserable alone. No, embrace no. the celebration. That's right. That's right. And that's amazing. Um, I was, just for your audience to understand how amazing that is. I'm not going to name the name because it also sounds like I'm name dropping. No, I um, love name dropping. First of all, I love that. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell you that your first week downloads are more than a certain notable bold-faced name whose show I would uh, semi-regularly guest on. I'll tell you later. Oh right. But, I was like, who? I was like, I'm going to go look. Yeah. Yeah. So that, those, are, those are great numbers. Oh, those so are great bad. numbers. And you should really, really be proud. And you need to celebrate. Shout out to the crew and the sponsors <laughs> and our amazing guests. It's just, it's just, I just made a decision that I was like, you know what? I'm so lucky that I just happen to have some really dope friends and who are just really killing the game in their life and in their fields of work. And we get to have super dope conversations in our chats and in all the places and spaces and nobody knows. So we should talk about it. Um, and that we're in that we're human. We're not superhuman. And I think this even just us being able to talk about the fact that like our daughters are modeling for us, the things that we clearly need to get our lives together. For example, and let's tell me if this resonates with you. Yesterday I was in the car with the queen Ager, and we were talking about um, getting, okay. So she likes this particular type of taco and you dip it in what looks like a soup. Ah, what is the name of it? And she's not home right now. Um, it, she dips it in. A, it looks like a soup gravy, but it's like a clear broth thing. And she made us go all the way to Astoria once and stand online for two and a half hours <laughs> to eat at this one food truck. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. And so she was letting me know that there's another place that opened that you can park and you don't have to do that. Right. And so I say literally that's without thinking. Okay, great. So after we did the, I was like, after we each take turns on a Peloton, we should probably do like, I don't know, like 10 rides. And then that feels like it'd be a good treat for us to go do. And she immediately goes, so you are bribing me around food? Like food is a reward for working out? Like, like, do you hear how you sound, mom? So I was quiet, right? And I was like, damn, 
I just subscribed all type of treats to food. I just fat, fat chained myself, her. I just, I do so many things that went through my mind. I didn't even know where to start. And I was like, um, no, that doesn't sound right. She was like, okay. And then that was the end of the conversation. I said, wait a minute. What if I said it did sound right? She was like, oh, we'd have had to have a different conversation. I was like, you are not going to son me, 15-year-old. You don't even have a, you can't even take care of yourself. <laughs> but she, her her level of just being centered around just like things that matter and values and not being, you know, not even allowing me, her mama, who she spends the most time with, to shame her into something. I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know, um, they just teach us so much stuff about not being not comparing ourselves and not and feeling good about ourselves. I don't know if your daughters do that to you daily, but I know mine. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say for sure. First of all, I love your daughter. I love following <laughs> her on social media. She, I love you. Gorgeous, too. gorgeous. <laughs> um, but Apple, you know what they say? Apple yes, don't fall, come on, fall, come fall, on. Ditto, ditto. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, twins. But yeah, no, my. I'm gonna tell you my youngest turned 11 three days ago and i said she has more social emotional uh um uh, maturity than i do <laughs> like, you know she will mm-hmm. she understands what's important um and for her fun fun is important oh, and so I, I look at that and i'm like yeah you know i need that she will yeah yeah so my children, both of them, my 14-year-old and my 11-year-old, they are definitely, um, they understand priorities. Now, I will say my 14-year-old is probably a little bit more like me in terms of type A. They're both type A. It just manifests itself a little bit differently. And so um, I do try to make sure that she has balance. She's a workaholic. Mm. <laughs> she is schoolwork, but she's a workaholic. She's a straight-A student, and she really values that. And all honors classes and this year she got a B in something and I had to kind of talk her off the ledge and I'm like it's okay Ooh, girl she need to hang out with my child <laughs> for a little bit because Sanai's attitude she's like you know some days you get an A and you know some days That's you get right. a C and That's you right. know it's not just not gonna work That's out every time for everybody meanwhile I'm like jumping up and down who do I need to speak to is there a teacher I need to email <laughs> who do I need to get involved and she's like ma I'm gonna need you to relax exactly she's mastered exactly. relaxing i would tell you there's That's no right. one who has done a better job of learning how to relax than my one queen nature because That's right. her chillaxation is epic yeah. i do not know how to do it she does not get that from me she will be like okay we've been working for many hours and she won't complain and she doesn't quit she doesn't do any she'll just slot out and you'll be like where, mm-hmm. did, where does she go she's napping <laughs> oh, my children are dedicated to the nap ministry. Both How? of them. How did they get this streak when I did not get it? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I can't. I'm too wired. Um, no caffeine necessary for me to be wired. <laughs> caffeine for me is a habit. It's not even for the caffeine. Napping. I first of all, I just want yeah. you to know that I, I we need to have the we need to have the founder of the nap the nap ministry um hang out with us. But one of the things that made me laugh about um just the idea around resting is that um rest even during this time has been elevated as such a performative thing. Yeah. And that it's it feels good to say that we should rest. And saying it could feel as good as potentially doing it. 
Um, and one of the things I read from her page the other day was that actually I need you to get behind the history and the science of being able to actually restore your body to do things and why. And for those of us who are in these leadership positions, um, our why evolves over the years, um, depending on what season of life you're in. And so when you are thinking about the season of life you're in right now, you stepping into a new evolution around the sun. Um, you know, you have seen, um, bright days, you've seen dark days, you have growing beautiful children. Um, you know, you're in a new season of your life. When you think about like your why, what comes up for you? What What do you think your center? Where's your center at now? When you guys are going into this next year, what are you thinking about? Oh gosh, I mean, you are just you're hitting me with all kinds of things today. <laughs> um, I, I, I really, I, you know, it's so funny. I'm gonna tell you, I did one small thing that is gonna sound crazy, but is is forcing me to to confront. Ooh, let me hear all it. of your questions. I printed out a, it was a free printable um, of a calendar of the year, right? So okay. that means just, just all the days on one thing. And I just start striking a line through the day. So today, at the end of today, the day's over. I'm going to strike you know, the number 26 in February. What it forces me to do is to see how time is passing me, mm. but also how much time is left, right? Yeah. And, and it's, in a sense, it's actually kind of grounding me because initially I would be like, oh, I got to do all these things. I got to do all these things. And so sometimes when I, you know, I do it, I'm like, oh, wow, I went three days without addressing, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. But most, but mostly I look at it and go, man, there's a whole bunch of time left on the year for the Mm -hmm. calendar. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to be grinding. I mean, I think I feel like that was something I saw on the nap ministry page as well. Like stop grinding. You're not a machine. You're not, <laughs> You're not a machine. machine. <laughs> You're not a porter. Uh, uh, right. A pestle, pestle, mortar. mortar. That's so. right. But we're we not are so wired. Are we not? Are we, we are. not wired to grind? And if we don't, and if we don't, we feel like, like, I mean, first of all, some of us have had real consequences, in, you know, to our day-to-day living back to your early statistics about, um, the city that you are leading this amazing cultural institution institution, but also beyond that, that like, we just be making up reasons to grind. I mean, yeah. there's a whole school of thought around sleep when you're dead. No team, Mm-mm. no sleep. Also, no. Do you know what insomnia is like? It's terrible. Do you know what anxiety attacks in the middle of light and in, uh, in the middle of the night are like horrible? The answer is no get sleep. Um, but this grinding that we are just so accustomed to doing because it, it, there are points in your life. I know if you think about your life and your career, where being on that, that hardcore nose to the grindstone, even the analogies are terrible. If you close your eyes and imagine what we both just said, y'all are like, Ooh, that doesn't even sound good. That sounds painful. It is painful. It comes at a cost. Um, but it got you to a place. Did it not? It did. And that's part of the thing though that we kind of have to uh-huh. let go uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh that's exactly it so, so um you know it's so funny because I still feel there's a lot for me to learn around certain aspects of my job including fundraising which everybody knows you are an expert in right <laughs> I try and 
and so, no, you're absolutely expert. I'm so excited. One of my, my team members, my colleagues is going to get to, to learn from you. Um, yeah. But I was talking to a board member about what we've raised, um, what I've, you know, I've been there for a little over two years. And um, th- I have a big goal. So I'm still thinking it's a, a fraction of what I really want to raise. And then this particular board member said, Misha, in two years, you've raised more than we had before you got here in the past 10 combined. Get at me. Wait a minute. And I was like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm so, like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, yeah. you got to celebrate that because, you know, you you know, you had a that's nice feeling just like me. I'm like, hmm. That's cute. I, 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 well, well, I'm going to tell you, well, <laughs> since you asked, I am going to be honest with you and said, the first thing I thought was, that's not right. See, and I don't blame the organization. Yeah. I blame the systems, right? And I said, that's not right. Um, and then, you know, he and I, I said, but you know, that shouldn't have been the case, right? You right, should have had right. a fact. But he says, but, but he says, but you got to actually acknowledge what I just said to you. And I said, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that. And so that's the thing, like when you have other people that are, in a sense, holding you accountable to not being on the grind, which again, it, that's, it's like the inverse of what we're used to, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're used to other people being like, go, 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 go. This is a gentleman who has been around, who's seen lots of things, um, literally like, you know, Hollywood, you know, he's born and raised and actually in Newark, but he's a... He's a Hollywood notable, I will say, um, and, and still is a professor, actually, right now. And when he said that to me, I realized, okay, I got to actually kind of internalize. But it's still hard. It's still, it's still hard. hard it's still to do hard. It. It's still hard to, to do that and to acknowledge because I'm so wired. My friend Gary said, you crave accomplishment. I'm so wired. For accomplishment, and I and I still have to figure out. I have to sit with that and figure out where that comes from. Um, maybe that's something to have a whole therapy session about. <laughs> <laughs> You're like this is this is the work, as Mother Yana yeah. would say. This is your work. <laughs> because you know, people think that these kind of things. Well, at least you know you're you're not being destructive to yourself. But actually, it, it is. It isn't productive. Correct. We have to we have to change the way we think of productivity, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the productivity aspect and what it means to be productive, we need to look at more than just is the task ticked off our to-do list? Yes, no. And there might be some satisfaction in that particular aspect of it, but it's like in relation to what and for whom? And were you the best who that should have been doing that thing? And if not, how can we get the right who's with you to do those things? And if yes, you sure. <laughs> Particularly if you are a leader in your organization, because oftentimes as we rise through the ranks, 
the things that got us to that rank aren't going to be the things that elevate us in that rank or get us to the next thing. And our skills have to evolve. And therefore, the habits that go along with those skills have to evolve, too. And sometimes that means letting some stuff go. And sometimes you're right, Tanisha, it does mean a therapy session or two because we got some stuff that we have to deal with with that, you know. Um, but you spoke all types of truth. It's so good. So, okay. So I got a couple of tidbits from you. One of which is I'm going to get a calendar. I was like, Oh, I know I'm going to get one. Um, because I'm, I'm going to email it to you. Yeah. Cause that's incremental <laughs> success for me. Oh my gosh. I'm like, can I win the day? How do I win the day? Did I sleep today? Did I work out today? What did I do today? Did I drink water today? Um, and so I love that idea. Well, listen, you and I could talk for ever um and people i'm sure are going to have all the questions that's what's been happening to us for the last two seasons folks send in more questions about our guests and things they want us to come back and talk about and i'm sure this will be no different so um we want to make sure we get you back in here in the summertime and we get to hang out and hear how you have been able to continue to grow in your birth year of this year um and in your leadership so thank you so much for coming to hang out with me <laughs> for the conversation this was really great yeah always 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 well listen y'all this has been another great episode and we just could not be more grateful to you and for your leadership um and for your words and so i know folks are going to keep winding this back to get some nuggets and y'all fab crew will be talking to you real soon love what you heard found a little nugget but need more head on over to kishcamp.com my masterclass for managers who are ready to do things differently at work and grow their skills so they can lead with confidence so darn easy to get into the comparison trap awards (laughs) but my real trap needing outside validation for my work and accomplishments but if you allow me to say a little word to you that I heard and then I've been whispering to myself every day this quick lesson is for you if you are at capacity dear leader then your organization is also at capacity If you don't think you're enough, you'll keep doing more, you'll exhaust yourself, and when you're depleted, you'll head into survival mode. Once you're there, your organization, your team, you, you will all be there because you are on, air quotes, push through mode, which can look like an increase in unhealthy behaviors. Innovation tossed out the window because every decision you make feels critical. Your turnover increasing because anybody got time for that? I'm out. And your clients or customers will not be happy. Enter low satisfaction, complaints, returns, you name it. So you owe it to yourself and to your team to thrive and not just survive.